Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 17th of March 2013, entitled, What It Means to Have Kept the Faith, and the Bible reading is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. Very good morning. Are we ready? Okay. And I'd like to bring a message entitled this morning, What It Means to Have Kept the Faith. Okay, what it means to have kept the faith. And uh, we're just going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, we're going to take our reading from verse 6. And here, um, Paul is um, speaking to Timothy, and he's telling him basically that his departure is at hand, okay? He's not telling Paul, uh, sorry, uh, Timothy, that he's going off to the Bahamas somewhere to put his feet up on the beach, okay? When he's saying that his departure is at hand. No, he's basically telling him that his life is shortly going to come to an end. And um, let's just take it up in verse um, 6, okay? Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Verse 7, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. And verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. What it means to have kept the faith. <clears throat> Paul is a man who could say that at the end of his life, at the end of his Christian walk. Um, last night, I was, as I was um, putting this together, I was thinking about a policeman who, I don't know if you remember, in 2010, he was called PC David Rathband. And... Um, this man was sitting in his uh, police car and um, a gunman who he'd never met, met before came to him with a shotgun and he shot 200 pellets in his face. <clears throat> I saw a picture last night of uh, what he looked like after the, uh, the shooting and it was, uh, it was terrible. And uh, this policeman lost his sight straight away. And uh, they had a picture showing all the pellets um, in his face, like an x-ray, and you could see how deep that, they've, that, they, that, they, that they had gone in. Um, we have just actually passed the anniversary um, of when he died, because I don't know if you know about this, but um, this man, David Rathband, um, found it very difficult. Um, he had a lot to live for. Even though he had been shot and he'd been blinded, um, he had a lovely family. He had a wife. He had two children. Um, he's quite an intelligent man. He'd started um, what was called the Blue Lamp Foundation to help um, other families that had been suffered through um, what through these kind of um, atrocities that had happened in the, in the families of policemen. And um, but unfortunately for for David Rathband. Um, he took his life. And um, this 
happened last year on the 1st of March. And, um, you know, for this man, although he had a lot to live for, um, he gave up the will to live and really to finish his life, his course, if you like. Um, And it made me think, really, as I was thinking about this subject this morning, what it means not to give up and not to finish our course before the end. Um, I have, um, when I came to, uh, to faith in Christ in uh, the year 1990, I had um, a good friend, he was a Christian brother, who uh, was instrumental in leading me to the Lord. And, um, you know, his faith and his life was an example to me. And I saw the Lord in him. Um, today, as far as I know, he's not walking with the Lord. And he hasn't been for a good 20 years now. And, um, and you know, we have a, here another example, really, of a lot to live for, but giving up the will to finish the course. Um, this was important to Paul. And it really should be for us as well, as Christians. God wants us to finish, and he wants us to finish well. He wants us to keep the faith until the end. But if we're going to keep the faith until the finish, there are some things that we need to do. And um, I'm just going to have a look at three of those things that can help us to keep the faith and to finish well, to finish the course. If you just turn over maybe one or two pages in your Bible, to 1 Timothy, uh, chapter 6. And if we just look in verse 12, Paul here again is speaking to Timothy and is encouraging him here. He says, To fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And I want us to have a look in this verse, three things that are going to help us to finish well. The first thing that we need to do is we need to fight the good fight of faith. Verse 12, Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. We need to realize, dear friends, this morning, if you're a Christian, we need to realize that we are in a battle. We're in a fight. If we don't realize that, then the devil is going to have a field day with us. Um, Let's just have a look at Paul. Let's just have a look at an example um, that Paul gave us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul knew all about this fight, the fight of faith. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 And uh, we'll just take it up at verse 24. And you know, we need to realize this morning that life is going to throw some hard times at us. Life's going to throw some discouragements at us. We need to realize as Christians that we're in a battle. Paul says in verse 24, he says, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeyings often, 
in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Verse 27, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And then he says in verse 28, he says, beside all these, those things that are without, that which concerneth upon me daily, the care of all, of all the churches. And then he asks the question, who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must need glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. You see, Paul knew that he was in a battle. Paul knew about discouragements. Paul had some hard times thrown at him. I don't know what you're going through this morning. You may be looking at me and saying, that man doesn't understand anything what I'm going through right now. Maybe I don't. We all have our trials, don't we? We all have our discouragements. But we need to realize that we're in a battle. But unfortunately, most Christians, they don't realize that they're in a fight. How do I know this? Well, many Christians don't bother praying. Many Christians don't bother studying and reading the Word of God. Many Christians will probably be in front of the goggle box for two or three hours, maybe on a Wednesday night instead of coming out to a prayer meeting. I know it's not possible for some people, but for many of us, it is possible. But we'd rather stand, we'd rather stay and sit in front of a TV rather than be at a prayer meeting and studying our Bibles. We need to visit the prayer meeting. We need to realize that we need to be in fellowship with each other. We need to be in prayer meetings. We need to be studying the Word of God. 1 Peter 5, verse 8, Peter says this. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh about, sorry, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You have an enemy this morning. If you're a Christian, even if you're not a Christian, we have an enemy, and he's out there to devour us. We're in a fight. 2, Tim, uh, 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, Paul says, I have finished my course. Wouldn't you, be, wouldn't you like to be a Christian who could say that at the end of your journey? That I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Wouldn't that be nice to say at the end? By God's grace, that's... How, that's what I want to be able to say at the end of my Christian life. I want to be able to say that I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. That should be the same for each one of us. Can I encourage you to do two things tomorrow morning? If you've not done them already this morning, you need to take up two pieces of armor. Let's just turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, 
and verse 17. The Bible tells us that we're to put on the whole armor of God. We're going to be protected from the, from the enemy, from the devil, this roaring lion who wants to devour us. We need to do two things in the mornings. <clears throat> First of all, he says, and take the helmet of salvation, and he says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I don't know how you start your day off, but for 20-odd years since I've become a Christian, since I've been a Christian, I've found that the best way to start the day is to take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to read the Bible. You don't have to read chapters and chapters and chapters of it. Take the Word of God, open it up, and read some verses. Let God speak to you. Let God encourage you. Let God give you some guidance for the day. This is the Word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit. And if we're going to do business, if you like, if we're going to deal with the devil throughout the day, we need to have his Word, God's Word inside us, fresh manna. It says, and the sword, it says, take the sword of the Spirit. We need to take it up in the morning. We need to read it. And if it's going to help you, take the word of God with you to work as well. Well, if you have opportunities to read throughout the day, but if you have a dinner hour, if you have a break in the afternoon or the morning, why not take the word of God out? Why not get some encouragement from God? You know, we listen to many things throughout the day. We might listen to the radio for many hours, but how often do we hear the word of God throughout the day? The Bible says that we're to take the sword of the Spirit. Why don't you do that? Why don't I do that? Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let God talk to you and encourage you at the start of the day. Not only taking the sword, but the Bible tells us in verse 18, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I don't know if you start your day with a prayer. Prayer is basically talking to God. And God wants us to start our days speaking with him in prayer. He wants us to ask him some questions. He wants us to ask him how we are to live the day. What kind of Christian witness can we have today? How can we be an influence to other people? He wants us to confide in him, as we've been thinking about this morning in, in our Sunday school. He wants us to talk to him in prayer. This is the best way to start the day. He says, praying always. And that means not just at the start of the day, but being a, an attitude of prayer throughout the whole day with God. Isn't it good that we don't have to go to a building to speak with God? I can speak to him in my cab where I am. I can speak to him in a warehouse. It doesn't matter where you are. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. And he goes on to speak about um, praying and um with all perseverance and supplication for all saints as well, and being in an attitude of prayer 
for one another as well. Praying for one another. Fight the good fight, the Bible encourages us this morning. Realize that we're in a battle and we need to take up the armor of God. Secondly, the Bible tells us not only are we to fight the good fight of faith, but he also tells us here in verse 12 that we're to lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. And then he says, lay hold on eternal life. What does he mean by that? Well, first of all, it's basically meaning that we need to become a Christian. We need to lay hold on eternal life. You know that you can't keep the faith if you're not in it. You can't lay hold on eternal life. We need to become a Christian. The Bible says in Romans 8 verse 9, Now if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Jesus says that ye must be born again. Have you been born again? We need to lay hold on eternal life. We need to grasp hold of that offer of salvation while it's available. John 3, verse 36, Jesus says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Do you have that everlasting life this morning? We were talking about that in the Sunday school this morning. Eternal life. There is no greater gift. There is no greater thing that we can have in our life than eternal life. And to know it, to know that we have it. Lay hold on eternal life. For the Christian, to lay hold on eternal life basically means set your affection on things above. Let's just have a look at the Apostle Paul. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8. And, you know, if um, Paul had a lot to boast about, um, if he had many things in the flesh. The Bible says here that he counts them all but dung. Verse 7, he says, but what things were gained to me, he says, those counted loss. So those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. See, for the Christian to lay hold in eternal life means to have our affections on things above, not a here upon this earth. Uh, Colossians 3 and verse 2, Paul says, Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. You know why Christians often give up? Because of a love of the world. You know, the Bible says that these kind of things, a love for the world, can choke out the spiritual life from us. Um, Mark chapter 4 and verse 19, Jesus says, And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. I wonder this morning, have we let the cares of this world 
come in and make us unfruitful? Where are our affections this morning? Where will our affections be tomorrow morning, the start of the week? Where will they be on Wednesday? Where are our affections right now? Are they on things above, where Christ is, where our future lies? Or is it down here on the things of this earth? 2 Timothy 4, verse 10. We see a brother who was called Demas, and he was one that went around with Paul. But the Bible tells us that he left Paul and he set his things, his affections on this world. 2 Timothy 4, verse 10, Paul says that Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed. He no longer carried on with Paul in his ministry. And it all happened because he had a love for this present world. You know, we need to check ourselves sometimes and we need to see where our affections lie. Where do we spend most of our time? What do we spend most of our time doing? How are our, our affections this morning? Are we seeking those things which are above? The first thing that we need to do if we're going to finish our course, the Bible says that we need to profess a good profession. Let's just have a look back in Timothy again. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and then he says, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Paul, this is one of the things that Paul could say with confidence um, about Timothy. But you know, this could also be said about the Apostle Paul as well. If we just turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 16. And we see here that Paul's whole Christian life was a good profession. And he was able to say this to the, the church at Corinth. He says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. And he says in verse 16, Wherefore I beseech you, and he says, be ye followers of me. Isn't that an amazing thing for Paul to be able to say to other Christians? Be ye followers of me. He's saying basically, follow my lifestyle. How I, I have lived, how I, I have been with you, my profession. He's saying, be ye followers of me. You know, there are a couple of places where we are to profess a good profession. One of them, which I like to call an indoor witness. And, um, you know, my, my mother is a good illustration of this. And, um, you know, my mother, she lives with my father, who's not a Christian. And um, she goes through some difficult times with my dad. Um, and not only with my dad, but 
with the rest of the family as well. I mean, I live here in Birmingham, and I'm not with her physically. She's over there in Blackpool, and in a way, she's like on her own. You know, she's professing a good profession with my dad, and it's not easy. Um, she's with a family of, full of unbelief. You know, um, sometimes when I, when I talk to my mum at the end of the week, you know, she lets me know how difficult times have been sometimes in the week, some of the conversations that she's had. And, um, you know, it's not easy. And I call this an indoor witness. You know, what goes on outside those, those doors, many things I will never hear about. I will never see the tears that she goes through sometimes. But you know, there's some encouragement in the Word of God. Maybe for you. Maybe you're going through that time right now. You may be with a loved one. You may be with a husband or a wife who may be ridiculing you. Maybe even for coming to church. Maybe mocking you for your faith. The Bible tells us that we're to profess a good profession. We're to remain faithful. And these words here that Peter spoke, 1 Peter 3 verse 1, are encouraging. And it says here, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be won by the conversation of the wives. You know that many of us may only hear that well done when we meet Jesus face to face. We may never get that well done from other people around us. We, we may never hear that. We may be in a situation where we're being ridiculed all the time for our faith. But one day, we will hear that well done, thou good and faithful servant. But in the meantime... He's calling us right now to profess a good profession, to have a good conversation, to be a good witness, even behind those doors where other people may not be seeing it. He wants us to be faithful. Not only the indoor witness, but he also wants us to have an outdoor witness as well. Um, this is another area that we can hold a good profession, and it's in evangelism. It may be in your jobs, it may be at school, it may be in the universities. But there's opportunities everywhere that God has given us to profess a good profession. Um, Romans 10 verse 14, Paul could say this. He said, how shall they hear without a preacher? How are they going to hear if we don't tell them? We're in those places. We have those opportunities I have opportunities that you don't have. You have opportunities I don't have. Wherever we are, wherever God has placed us, he's given us an opportunity to have an outdoor witness, to hold a good profession to those who we are with. I wonder when was the last time that we professed Christ to a lost soul? When was the last time? Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you this morning for the word of God.
Lord, we thank you for these simple uh, truths this morning, Lord, for your word. We pray that you'll help us, dear Lord, to realize, first of all, this morning, that we are in a fight. And that, Lord, there are things that we need to do to protect ourselves throughout this day. We pray, dear Lord, that you will help us to take up the sword of the Spirit and to be those, dear Lord, that will be in prayer. We pray, dear Lord, that you'll help us to take hold on eternal life. And Lord, if there's one here this morning who's never become a Christian, we just pray today that they may take hold of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and that they may know, they may have that confidence and assurance of eternal life. We pray, dear Lord, that as Christians we can lay hold in eternal life, that we can set our affections on things above. Help us, dear Lord, to be those that look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And dear Lord, we pray this morning as well that we can have a good profession, whether it's behind closed doors or whether it's in the open air, Lord, whether it's with friends at work or wherever we are, wherever you place us to be. We just pray, dear Lord, that you'll help us to be good witnesses for you. We'll bring you all the, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.